When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live on a Friday. Mina Kimes, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark here. Let's set the stage for Sunday. You see all the games. Marcus, what are you most excited for? Oh, I got to see if Tua can do it again. Do it again, Tua. Tua had six touchdowns, came back and bounced back from two interceptions being thrown. Don't throw two interceptions this game, Tua, because that offense is probably going to make it into 14 points. But I want to see him continue to progress in this Mike McDaniel offense. It was great that he took chances. He threw it in tight windows. He tried to hit some explosive plays and did. Build on it, Tua, so you can keep this noise quiet, man. I'm going to go with a sexy matchup. The Buck Center, Robert Hainsey against defensive, <laughs> defensive tackle Kenny Clark. Uh, I do think this is going to go a long way towards determining the outcome of this game and whether the Bucks can move the ball. Hainsey is, of course, back up on a wounded Bucks offensive line. Kenny Clark is one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL. We know how much Brady dislikes that pass rush coming up on his lap, preventing him from stepping up in the pocket. If Kenny Clark can wreck this game, Green Bay can pull off the win. Listen, I'm about seeing what the Cardinals are going to do. Yeah, I watched it, the fourth quarter, overtime, and we saw Kyler Murray running around like Mina Kimes at her high school powder puff game where she was the star quarterback. But that doesn't necessarily <laughs> carry over to the next week. We watched the defense make plays. Obviously, the Isaiah Simmons force fumble to the Byron Murphy uh, runoff pick, uh, scoop and score for six was amazing. But can they sustain that? Can Vance Joseph find a way to get this defense to play four quarters and Cliff Kingsbury get this offense moving early? Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Hey, so glad you're with us here. You see him right there. Marcus, Mina, and Ryan. Field Yates <laughs> is joining us in just a moment, too. And you can't totally see it right now, but AT&T Stadium is behind me, guys, because I'm here in Arlington for Arkansas and Texas A&M. Uh, otherwise, I would be here covering the Cowboys, but that's not what it's all. Oh, there it is. I never know which way it is, though. Is that right? No, it pretty, no, it's, it's pretty, on the though. other side. All right, it's anyway, pretty. I'm not coordinated. Later on, we're going to pick Bills and Dolphins and also Packers Bucks, so stay tuned for that. But let's get back to the start of week three, which happened last night between the Steelers and the Browns. And we picked this one up with the newest Cleveland Cavalier. You saw him a good bit on the broadcast. Donovan Mitchell in attendance, getting that crowd ready to go there in Cleveland. Less than three minutes left in the first quarter. No score. Browns second and nine, and Jacoby Brissett hits a Amari Cooper on a slant for the touchdown. The Browns lead 7-0. Next possession for the Steelers. It's first and goal, and Najee Harris just bulldozes way into the end zone for the touchdown. Steelers tie it at 7. So next possession for the Browns. First and goal from the 7. Brissett to David and Joku for the touchdown. Just clinical at times by Brissett. The Browns actually missed the extra point, but lead 13-7. Next Steelers possession. Second and goal from the 1-yard line. Mitch Trubisky on the read option. Dives headfirst in the end zone for the score. 
score, and Steelers answer back, taking a 14-13 lead at halftime. Start of the fourth quarter after a Browns third-quarter field goal. Led 16-14 and driving, and Brissett throwing deep down the field. Amari Cooper, you guys said it yesterday, has been so wide open for the Browns. They're moving the chains. Later, fourth and goal from the one. Nick Chubb leaping his way into the end zone for the score. Cleveland wins it 29-17, and that time, yeah, that was a good thing to do there, Nick Chubb scoring the football. And last night, Chubb finished with 113 rush yards and a touchdown. He now has 341 rush yards on the season. Only one player has recorded more rushing yards through three games in Browns franchise history. And yeah, that's Hall of Famer Jim Brown. Pretty incredible company for Chubb to be in. RC, we're seeing Jacoby Brissett, you know, taking control of the reins here for this Browns offense, but the run game, a big yeah. part of the story, as we just told you. What, what has Cleveland's offense shown you so far? Listen, the Cleveland Browns have the one thing that is the most sure in the entire AFC North right now, and that's their run game. You know that they're going to be physical up front, and that Nick No Chubb, his run, I mean, Nick Chubb, his, his running style is as is as, as, as clean as the way he dresses for the game. It's as no nonsense as that is. He's about getting downhill. He's about creating yards. And then you watch him get in the open field, how elusive he is for such a powerful and strong runner. I love everything they do. And you spell him with former All-Pro and Pro Bowl back Kareem Hunt. I think that this offense has a has a foundation and a basis to lay their, to lay their hat on. And now Jacoby Brissett, if you look at the three games he's played, Laura, he's been the best quarterback. He was better than Baker Mayfield. He was better than Joe Flacco for most of the game. And obviously better than Mitchell Trubisky. This team can be in the playoff hunt when we see Deshaun Watson return. And if you're A.B., the, the general manager, or if you're Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, you have to feel very good about where this team sits three weeks into the season, especially when you factor in if the defense doesn't go haywire and short circuit, you beat the New York Jets as well. Right. I know. Uh, hey, you know, it's funny because a lot of people thought that Brissett was kind of an insurance policy journeyman backup quarterback in some ways. But I think he's been a lot more than that, to your point, R.C. On the yes. Steelers quarterback well, side, Mitch Trubisky out there last night. Yeah, he was, Dude, right? Baker, He's shown man. a lot. Uh, Kenny <laughs> no, Pickett, guys, for the Steelers, is kind of looming in the wings. Let's hear what Mike Tomlin had to say about their QB situation last night. I'm not in that mindset. Um, I'm interested in reviewing this tape and looking at the totality of it and figuring out how we collectively get better. So the answer to that question is definitively no. I thought he made some plays, man, but we all collectively came up short. And, and so, you know, that's how we measure performance, man. Winning is our business, and we didn't handle business. You know, not necessarily a resounding endorsement there from Tomlin, Marcus. And, and Mitch Trubisky's in a tough spot, as we know, but is it time to make a change to Kenny Pickett? Okay, so Boogie and Mina, let me take y'all into the, some of the tables that RC and I have set at when we take the guys' night out, okay? And, and, and when all <laughs> women think that we're doing something bad, but we actually having conversations about, man, why don't you commit to this person, bro? This person is good for you. You, 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 you are in position to make a commitment to do things the right way. And I know y'all think when we go out, we always talking about other women that things, but we are actually talking about <laughs> the women that our friends are dating, okay? So Mike Tomlin, mm. commit to Kenny Pickett. Man, it's time. You have nothing wow. to lose and everything to gain, okay? Mm. This was about 
Mitchell Trubisky not being bad. This is not about Mitchell Trubisky stinking up the joint. This is about the potential of Kenny Pickett leveling up your football team. And I hear what everybody says, man, like O-line, all of this. I, we, have, we have very true samples of quarterbacks coming in and changing the mental dynamic of football teams just by them being on the field. And I think Kenny Pickett has the talent that Mitchell Trubisky has. I believe he can make the throws that Mitchell Trubisky can make, and he can use the athleticism that Mitchell Trubisky can use. You don't know from a psychological standpoint, though, of how those other guys around him will respond. Mike Tomlin, I'm telling you, man, go mm. ahead and find out. Commit, bro. Commit. Okay. Let me take you guys... Ryan and Marcus into what a Take girl's up. night out looks like. You think all we're talking about is marry him, settle down, get you a man, when in fact, we're saying to each other, enjoy your single life. Do not rush into things. Yeah. And that person is actually my advice here with Pittsburgh. Because here is the thing. I have advocated for Kenny Pickett starting. I think he you know, gives them upside that, frankly, Mr. Trubisky does not. And we saw that even though Mr. Trubisky actually played a decent game last night, we can see that the ceiling is limited with him. However, can we see the Steelers' schedule? Because while they have a long week and then the Jets, after that, they face a murderer's row of defenses. Whoa. Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, Eagles, Saints. Then, as you can see, it really softens up in the second half of the season. And to my eye, because frankly, I don't view the Steelers as a competitive playoff team this year, I've actually changed my mind and I advocate patience. There's no need to rush into things with Pickett just yet. Wait until the schedule looks a little bit easier. Listen, and a lot of times when we're having these conversations, the question, this question is often asked, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? That only works in relationships away from football. Because in football, your tail better be right when you the head coach. And when you move on to Kenny Pickett, right, when you, when you realize the grass is greener, that he cooks more, he works more around the house, he's getting his third degree, and he's going to get a job so you can finally retire. When you look at all those things and you think, I need to rush over there, maybe you don't. Maybe there's some more seasoning that they need. Maybe you need to see what's going on in your house to make sure that that's the place you want to be. So we're going to let Mitchell Trubisky play through Murderous Row. We're going to put him through that adversity. And if yeah. that doesn't work, you know what? We're going to finally move on, get on our knee, and ask Kenny Pickett to marry us. And then we can live happily ever oh. after. Because like most people, after they've been through that first very bad relationship, you now know what the hell you don't want. And that may soon be you just gotta make but now ain't the time. You just gotta make sure that ring is too big, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, I'm kind of. I wasn't feeling bad for Sorry. Kenny Pickett, but I'm kind of feeling bad for the Kenny Picketts in this analogy. Now that we've really gone through all the machinations of it. Either way, you know, you guys are mentioning boys' night, girls' night. Like, here's what Mina and I actually talk about on girls' nights. It's great football plays or anything that we want to talk about as it relates to ball. So let's get to this one from last night because George Pickens did something yes. that I'm not sure we've ever seen done before. This you have yeah. got to see. And we're going to roll the tape here and show it to Marcus because uh, that, that's literally what he looked like, Swagoo. He's like levitating in the air, completely arched back. What did you see here? Y'all, I'm going to be real. I never thought I'd see anything to compare to OBJ and the play that he made. 
but the degree of difficulty really is very close. similar to this. Now, OBJ had a little yeah. less sideline, but this this play made by George Pickens is what Woo! everybody has been asking for since training camp. Yes. The 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 concentration, mm -hmm. gloving it with one hand, not being able to catch the whole ball, but the tip of it. Like this was phenomenal, and this is why I'm saying. Play Kenny Pickett because more of those plays might happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if George Pickens is at the guys' night, he might be saying that too. All right, maybe we're going to keep this going the whole show. Maybe we're going to move on to some different analogy. But either way, we, we got a lot coming your way here on a Friday on NFL Live. We're going to dive into the Ravens versus the Patriots. Lamar Jackson on fire to start the season. Does the Patriots' defense stand a chance at slowing the Ravens' offense down? And Lamar, hear what Marcus has to say next. And later, Field Yates tells us who you should be starting this weekend in fantasy. Hear why you might want to sit Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. He's got all the logic behind it. Stick with us. NFL Live is brought to you by Andor. New episodes streaming Wednesdays only on Disney+. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Giants are 2-0 for the first time since 2009. The Cowboys are coming off that thrilling win against the Bengals. They meet in our Week 3 NFC East Monday Night Football matchup. That's 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2. Monday Night Countdown kicks off our coverage at 6 Eastern on ESPN. Feels appropriate to be talking about the Cowboys in the shadow of AT&T Stadium here in Arlington. Time for some smart lineup decisions informed by IBM Watson with Field Yates. Field, give us your top three fantasy football storylines heading into the weekend. Laura, I've been at ESPN for 10 years and I'm about to do a first. That's right. I am saying to bench Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the same Whoa. week in a fantasy football matchup. Aaron Rodgers has two touchdown passes so far this season. The Bucs have allowed one touchdown in two games. They have been absolutely incredible. Meanwhile, Tom Brady will not have Chris Godwin. He will not have Mike Evans. This team is running the football more than ever. Brady looks, I don't know about mortal, but does not look like the same player as he was last year. I'm benching them both in fantasy this year and this week. And yes, I feel sick saying that. But meanwhile, Kyle Pitts, there's no way you can bench that guy, right? Well, based off the first two weeks, you sure can, Laura, because this unicorn has two catches for 19 yards in week one, two catches for 19 yards in week two. 
Okay, I am not actually benching Kyle Pitts this week because there are so few good tight ends available in fantasy football. But if you're the Falcons and you're out there watching this right now, please, would you mind throwing the ball a little bit more? You have to hang tight with Kyle Pitts. Way too much talent to ignore him. And let's talk about some rookie wide receivers who have been great. Drake London, Kyle Pitts' teammate. He is not suffering from all the attention the defenses are paying to he and Kyle Pitts. He's been awesome in each of his first two games with at least five catches and 70-plus yards. He found the end zone for the first time last week. He has a great matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. And how awesome was Garrett Wilson last week, especially late for the Jets. He has 22 targets through his first two games. The matchup on Sunday against Cincinnati, not one I'm scared of. He's a reasonable flex play this week. These rookies once again showing it does not take long for them to adjust to the big leagues like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in recent seasons. Yeah, we saw such a run on wide receivers in the offseason. Some of these teams that were able to grab them in the draft, as we saw in the first right. round, a lot of them went pretty quick. They look smart, too, because they've immediately translated. Thanks to Field. More from you coming later on in the show. Let's get to the Ravens as they're playing the Patriots on Sunday after being on the losing end of last week against the Dolphins. But Lamar was excellent in the game. He had 318 yards, three touchdowns, despite not getting the win. That was mainly because Tua just went off. But here's Bill Belichick on Lamar answering questions about play inside the pocket. Without a doubt, it's the type of player that's a you know MVP type of candidate. So I think he's more than answered him. But it will see what his contract is. I'll answer him. <laughs> Yeah, it's no surprise that Belichick has been impressed with Lamar Jackson's play from within the pocket. Through two games this season, Jackson ranks second in QBR, third in yards per attempt, and has thrown all six of his touchdowns from inside the pocket. You love to see it. Marcus, does Bill Belichick and the Patriots' defense have an answer for Lamar on Sunday? No, they do not. Because of Lamar Jackson is uh -oh. handling pressure. And playing well from the pocket is an unstoppable player in this league at quarterback, mm -hmm. especially with the added element that we know that he can do. And this is not your conventional New England Patriots uh, defense. Look, I heard people trying to put the loss on Miami, on Lamar Jackson. I don't know what in the hell else you can do to win a football game mm. if you Lamar Jackson and this offense. So Bill Belichick is right. He understands the extra element that Lamar brings to the game with his legs and how dominant he can be on the ground. But Lamar playing well from the pocket, again, let me reiterate, because every damn week we got to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson and his pocket. Everybody just saw the numbers on the graphic. He's playing really, really well from the pocket, okay? There is no answer for him when he's playing like that. And the New England Patriots ain't going to have one either. Yeah, you mentioned uh, who might have been responsible for the loss, Marcus, to the Dolphins. What well, could have been the pass defense for the Ravens, just letting Tua light him up the way that he did. So, Mina, how did they match up this week against Mac Jones? Well, I think better, but... They've got to make a few changes. So this is a new Ravens defense, new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, and it looks different from the defense under Wink Martindale. More zone, more disguise, less, less blitzing, more simulated pressures. Week one, it looked really great. Week two, they were outmatched. Uh, you saw a lot of miscommunication in the secondary coverage bust. They did have some injuries back there. My feeling going into this matchup with a New England offense that has struggled is 
keep things simple. Mac Jones has ranked 29th in QBR versus man coverage this year. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, and, and assuming that I have you know, Marcus Peters back there, I recognize that we are more talented than this Patriots receiver core. We can play man. We don't have to you know, do as much uh, trickeration <laughs> as we did last week necessarily because they should win this matchup uh, unless they beat themselves. And I think that's what you have to do if you're the Baltimore Ravens defensively. You see what all of the disguise with all of the trickery got you, especially late in the game against the Miami Dolphins. And so now moving forward, you don't have to reinvent the, the wheel with the team that is now getting healthy on the back end. You already have Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark at the safety positions. You're seeing that they're starting to bring their young corners along, but also you know that you have a guy like Marlon Humphrey who can move inside and outside. Marcus Peters, who's now trying to come back from his injury. And so I think it's about being able to man these guys up, disrupt routes, at the line and make Mac Jones beat you by pushing the football down the field and being able to stop the run. So many times these new coordinators come into these situations and they think they, think they have to be totally different so people can heap praise on how smart they are. Sometimes it's the simple and the physical that gets you wins and that's what they have to go to this week against the New England Patriots. Well said, guys. And by the way, both the odds makers and ESPN's football power index have this game as a close one, favoring Baltimore by less than a field goal. So we'll see if they're right. Stay with us next <laughs> as we're going to talk about the Bills and the Dolphins. The Buffalo defense is plagued with injuries after Monday Night Football, but there's one player Mina thinks that needs to dominate to swing the game in their team's favor. Find out which team and which player it is right after the break. More NFL Live is on the way. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina.
Guys, Josh Allen was on fire Monday night and the week before that, too. Seemingly unstoppable so far this season. Tua Tungavailoa actually said it himself. Allen is a beast so far this season. 614 yards and seven touchdowns. Here's what Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, said about facing Allen this week. I think we've all been witnesses to, you know, he's steadily become, you know, one of the best players in the National Football League. Easily could argue he's the best one. Um, and that it's not because he's God's gift, it's because he's unbelievably talented, but it's because you can tell more than that, it's because he works at his craft. You know, he's, he's developing every time he's on the field. Um, he's a really, really good player that um, you'll never, I don't think, see him stopped necessarily. It's about minimizing and containing. Yeah, so Josh Allen kind of seems like a player that could do it all, Mina, but he can't play defense as much as maybe he would want to, especially <laughs> with all the injuries that they're dealing with. The Bills ruled out safety Micah Hyde today. Their other safety, Jordan Poirier, still dealing with a foot injury. I mean, you're looking at all of these injuries and even the questionables. How do the Bills overcome this, Mina? Yeah, it really starts up front for Buffalo. Um, you know, this has been one of the best secondaries in the NFL over the last couple of years. Even though at times they battled injuries in their, sec uh, in their cornerback room, Tredavious White was out late last season, has been out at the beginning of the se this season. They've had rookies starting at corner. But what they've always had uh, to hold it down back there is the best safety duo in the NFL in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. It's a big part of the reason why uh, since 2021 they have been the best unit in the league against deep passes as you see here ranking first in QBR completion percentage and uh, passing touchdowns on 20 yard plus passes. Those safeties are able to help out whoever is playing cornerback but when you take out one of them suddenly that challenge becomes much much harder. Uh, and where I think they actually still do have a mismatch, however, is up front because as good as they are in the back end, they're equally good up front with now this Von Miller-led standard rush. Uh, and he's going to be have to be not just good, but exceptional in this game and really take over, I think, to compensate for what's happening behind him or rather what's not happening. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, when you look at this team and what Leslie Frazier has been able to do to be able to create the rush that they create with only four men in the rush lanes and also find ways on the back end to eliminate the deep the deep passes, it's been huge to have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier back there, but they're still going to have to do some of the same things, have some of those cover two shells where they force Tua Tungavailoa to use the underneath route so they can rally up and tackle, <coughs> allow Tremaine Edwins, Edmonds and uh, Milano to run sideline to sideline and also be great in pass coverage. This game is going to be more difficult, which they all become once you start to lose starters, but this is much like Pittsburgh. The standard is the standard, and I believe the system there will help and allow this team to play well against the Miami Dolphins still defensively, but they're going to need a yeoman's rush from Von Miller in that front four, and also they're going to have to score points offensively so it at least puts pressure on Mike McDaniels, that offense, and Tua Tungavaloa. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, Ryan Clark. What, what the hell is a yeoman's rush? I need, I don't know, what is that? <laughs> Bring your pail to work. A yeoman's work. effort. It means like a, a ton. Blue collar. It means like a ton of effort, right? They're going to work harder. It's going to be okay. gritty. It's going to be grimy. We're going to grind. Okay. Marcus, okay. it's Thank what you. we do Thank every you, day. Thank you. Oh, wait, not really, because okay. we're having fun. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to go to the other side. I needed clarification from my, my brother. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is going to lean heavily, obviously, in the game, but it's also going to lean heavily in how the game is played. I'm not – look, for as much as we talked about the success that Tua had late in the game, Mike McDaniel and Tua don't want to be in that situation. All right? Let's not make that mistake. And this Miami Dolphins defense, who we talk about having the ability and the type of players to play at an elite level, the one thing I saw them give up was explosive plays. And the one thing the Buffalo Bills major in is explosive plays. You saw Stephon Diggs last week have three touchdowns. We saw the Miami Dolphins defense early in that game give up a long pass to Rashad Bateman, a long run to um, Lamar Jackson, give up a, 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 a deep ball to Mark Andrews uh, down the scene. This is going to be about matchups and how long can you sustain. And the one that I'll have my eyes on, y'all, is Xavier Howard when he's lined up with Stephon Diggs. Because if you can take away Josh Allen's ability to just go over the top, because eventually you know that that is where this, this offense wants to get to and continue to make them play down in and down out football, that is your absolute best chance to try to get off the field or create some turnovers. I'll be squarely focused on that matchup this game, but Miami has to eliminate giving up those explosive plays like they did against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, let's pick this one between the Bills and the Dolphins. RC, you get the honor of going first. I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. I mean, no team has been more dominant through the first two weeks of the season, and there's no duel that seems to be more in sync than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Also, with what Ken Dorsey's done offensively, only taking a step up for what Brian Dayball has done with this team the last few years and how they play defensively, I think they have the closest way and the best way to win this game. I'm taking the Dolphins. As good as I think this Bills pass rush is. Tua has done a really good job of getting that ball out quick. I also think Mike McDaniel is going to do a good job of game planning around that pass rush. And if that ball comes out, those Dolphins wide receivers are going to look like actual Dolphins swimming through that injured Bills secondary. Ooh. I tried to make the sound. Don't, don't, don't even, don't. Let's, let's open Echo it location. Oh. Listen, listen. I'm going. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. And the one thing that Mina just mentioned, I'm terrified of too. Tariq <laughs> and obviously Jalen Wilder. Y'all so stupid. I love y'all to death. We on national TV and we stupid. But I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills because of how Milano and Edmonds play. And I think they are going to be the most important part to this defense as far as trying to get those short intermediate routes on the ground. And then sometimes those coverages that are not very complicated may turn Tua into turning the ball over. So I'm going to go defense and still believe in Leslie Frazier. All right, I'm going Bills, too, uh, as you can see there on the screen. I think it's really close, though, and I do think that the Dolphins are going to mm -hmm. have somewhat of an answer for Stephon Diggs, but we saw Josh Allen have success with Reggie Gilliam, the fullback, and even said that Reggie yeah. Gilliam's like his favorite player on the team. So I actually think that Gilliam will continue to be involved. They have some creative things that they can do offensively, and they'll be able to squeak by those Dolphins, but still a good performance from the Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa. We got some injury updates to get to, guys, squeak. and there's a lot to know about <laughs> heading into the rest 
rest of week three. I still can't get over doing dolphin noises, but anyway, let's bring Field Yates back in for that, and we begin with George Kittlefield. Yeah, Laura, first of all, I'm not going to grade anybody's performance during those dolphin noises. It would not be nice. George Kittle got hurt week one. He had a groin injury. It was suffered Monday before the team got onto the practice field. He has not played since. While he has been practicing, we've seen more and more participation from him this week. Not quite certain that George Kittle will be on the field Sunday night against the Denver Broncos. The team figured it out last week in his absence after a slow offensive start in week one. Meanwhile, for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara back on the practice field this week. They had pads on on Wednesday. He's got a rib injury. It was not believed to be a serious injury at the time. They wanted to hold him out for week two against the Buccaneers. I do expect Alvin Kamara to be on the field this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. And of course, the big one is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert did not practice today officially for the Los Angeles Chargers. He was out there on the field but did not throw. He's called he is called questionable by the team. Justin himself has said this will decision will go right until Sunday. You know, I thought earlier in the week we'd see him for sure on Sunday, Laura. Right now, it seems a little bit more like 50-50. If not, Chase Daniel, who took all the first team reps today, will be the starting quarterback against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, Mina, I picked the Chargers in this game thinking Justin Herbert would kind of gut through it. Marcus has his head in his hands. But, Mina, how difficult is this one to win for the Chargers without Herbert? Yeah. It's tricky, man. I mean, Chase Daniel, the bad king of the NFL, is going to have to earn it this week because this Jaguars defense, <laughs> particularly the, the pass rush, has been excellent. Uh, Look it up, you guys. Yes. The, the amount of money he's made is truly impressive. Uh, legend at the bank. But, yeah, the Jacks pass rush has been really outstanding the first two weeks of the season. It's really unlocked a new level of Josh Allen playing with Trevon Walker and some of those uh, defensive linemen mm. they've brought in. So that's going to be challenging for them. To me, it really starts – with this Chargers defense, which has also looked exceptional through the first two weeks of the season, playing that sticky man coverage, limiting Trevor Lawrence, and just trying to keep this one tight rather than uh, letting Chase Daniel play from behind. Yeah, again, Field Yates telling us about 50-50 right now if Justin Herbert plays and Chase Daniel took all the first team reps here in the latter part of the week. All right, we got more NFL Live coming your way on this Friday. And after the break, hear what Joe Burrow has to say about the 0-2 start for the Bengals. Should Bengals fans be worried? Because Marcus sure will be if they lose again. A really important game this week for them. We'll talk about panic or patience next on Live. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Coming this week on Sunday NFL Countdown, we're hitting the field with Josh Allen. What the organization here has done in investing in the quarterback room and giving us not just great players, great men. Plus, all access with the Ravens for a mind-blowing moment in Baltimore. He decided to replace him with Kodak. Kick off your Sunday with us on NFL Countdown at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. So glad you're with us on NFL Live today. Time to read and react with what everyone's saying around the NFL. We begin with the 0-2 Bengals. Here's Joe Burrow with more. Everyone is, is frustrated, but like I said, we're not panicking. Two games in, we got 15 games left. It's all just take a deep breath and relax. We're, uh, we're going to be fine. We're not worried about it. Marcus, you concerned about the Bengals this week against the Jets? Uh, yeah, I'm going to need Joe Burrow to have a little bit more energy. Maybe not concerned because he dictates a lot about what happens. But if you're watching the Cincinnati Bengals, you're damn right. It's some concern with how much pressure they've given up and how many hits Joe Burrow has taken through this point of the season. And the Jets are riding high right now. Believe that. This team is starting to believe they got a win under their belt early in this year. Joe, y'all better get it together. To Vikings, Lions. Vikings trying to rebound from their loss on Monday night while the Lions coming off a big win versus the Commanders where their rushing attack led the way. And the Lions on the road this week, they're averaging currently an NFL best 7.2 yards per rush this season. Even more impressive, though, is that they're averaging 4.6 yards before contact per rush, which is better than the NFL average for yards per rush this season. RC, are we giving the Lions offense enough credit or what? Listen, I don't believe we are. When you look at their one-two punch at the running back position with Swift and Williams, and now now you also go to Amon Ross St. Brown, who they include in jet sweeps, also used in the backfield. I think that they found ways to be explosive in the run game, but also screen and pass game. We watched them last week against the Commanders create a ton of points and a ton of explosive plays. I'm looking to see if that continues this week. All right. Well, so last week we talked a lot about this week, rather, about how excellent Jalen Hurts was against the Minnesota Vikings. But I also have to say I was really underwhelmed by the Vikings' defensive game plan against Jalen Hurts, sitting back in those soft zones, letting him pick them apart underneath, and then really not throwing many uh, complicated pressure looks at him like Tampa Bay Buccaneers did in the wild card round. If I'm Washington, I mix things up. Yes, you can't play a ton of man coverage on him because if you turn your backs on him, he's such a threat to take off as a runner. But you have to challenge him more than Minnesota did. You have to throw some blitzes his way, and you have to try to contain him inside the pocket. Easier said than done. Here's a little bit of TV magic for you. We have some technical difficulties right now down in Dallas, <laughs> so I'm going to take over for the ship for just a minute until Laura returns. And it's time for hey, us to move forward. To our, I'm here to help you out, Marcus Swaggoo Spears. <laughs> Let's get to our DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> predictions, and we're going to pick this game. Ryan, who's winning 49ers against Broncos primetime on Sunday night? 
You know, I take the 49ers. Right now, the 49ers have a quarterback who I trust more than the Denver Broncos quarter, quarterback, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw him get inserted to the game instead of Trey Lance last week and find ways to make plays very early, leading a, tough down, a touchdown drive and also a defense, I think, now with Traverius Ward at the corner that can move in between deep coverage in the zone and also play some press. And they have Hufunga at the, the safety position, who I think is coming along and becoming a, a burgeoning playmaker there. So I look for the San Francisco 49ers to get the win over Nathaniel Hackett, who still hasn't quite learned to coach. <laughs> yeah, perhaps unsurprisingly, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs over the Indianapolis Colts, who just look all out of sorts on both sides of the ball. First, I think Patrick Mahomes will be able to work underneath so long as he is patient against the Colts defense that we know is going to sit back in those shell looks and basically dare Kansas City to run the ball or work that short underneath area part of the game. And then on the other side, I think the Chiefs pass rush will have success against an Indianapolis offensive line that has been very, very underwhelming thus far. Yeah, in the matchup between the Saints and the Panthers, I'm taking the New Orleans Saints. Listen, I think this defense is still a very high-tier, top-level defense. And I look at Carolina's offense, who seems to be struggling, not seems to be, are struggling a bit outside of Christian McCaffrey. And then when you think about how the Saints ended the game last week, I have to believe that Dennis Allen, along with Jameis Winston, is going to be smarter down the stretch and make sure that the ball is taken care of. I got the New Orleans Saints. Uh, edging out the Panthers in this one. And Swagoo, if you're right, that'll be 10 straight losses for the Carolina Panthers dating back to last season. Hey, coming up on NFL Live, we're talking about the matchup everybody wants to see. Buccaneers versus Packers. Tom Brady and the Bucs are depleted in offense. RC has a challenge for the Packers defense. Here what it is next. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, New customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the app and use code NFL Live when you sign up. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Can I trust you? Don't judge me. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's about championships, best player in the NFL. Becoming a there's always noise. You have to block that out. This is where you make your own noise. It's time for week three. Shout out to RC for the great pipes there. Big game in Tampa as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers face off for the fifth time. I'm excited about week three. Both have gotten off to a slower than usual start. They each have only two touchdown passes in two games. And part of that, significant injuries on both offenses. So, Field, those injury concerns still lingering this week. Take us through the latest on both sides. So, I'm healthy. I believe Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are healthy. That's about it, Laura. If you take a look at this injury list, look for the Packers. Sammy Watkins has been ruled out. 
Akeem Hicks and Chris Godwin both ruled out for the Buccaneers. But look at this full panel. Other Buccaneers wide receivers include Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Brashad Perriman, all listed as questionable. Julio's going to be a game-time decision. Left tackle Donovan Smith, who would help block either Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith, is doubtful to play this upcoming Sunday. For the Packers, meanwhile, three notable wide receivers injured. David Bakhtiari still hasn't played so far this year. It might be survival of the fittest on Sunday between these two teams that normally you would expect a shootout from. This might be the first team to 20 wins. Yeah, Mina, when you think about the strategy on both sides, it's interesting with all of these different injuries, but specifically for the Bucks defense, what do you think is important for them? Well, they're going to have to stop the run. I, both teams are going to have to stop the run. You know, normally when Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady face off, you know how they put those graphics up where it's the two players? It's always Rodgers and Brady, but in this one, it really might be Aaron <laughs> Jones and Leonard Fournette because both of them are going to have to do the yeoman's work for their teams here. Um, so for Tampa, you know, this has been a very good run, game, run defense in recent years, but the Packers offense, the rushing attack will challenge them. We talked about this yesterday on the edges where they are slightly more vulnerable rather than running up the gut. So it's going to be uh, incumbent upon those outside linebackers to try to contain them. And then on the other side of the ball for Green Bay, I'm actually very curious to see how they approach a ground and pound Bucks offense. Um, last week, that defense looked a lot better, but they did struggle at times at stopping David Montgomery in part because they were largely in their sub packages, uh, you know, a nickel and dime with those lighter defensive players on the field. I'll be curious to see if that approach changes this week. RC, given how limited Tampa is at wide, re wide receiver, if I'm Green Bay, I might think about changing it up and selling out to stop the run. Absolutely. When you go back to the game against the Bears, there was a lot of a lot of Razul Douglas, Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander all on the field at one time. And that may be their best package of 11 players, but it's not going to be what you need to use to stop this run game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've seen a ton of 12 personnel where they are getting downhill with Leonard Fournette, who is running extremely physical throughout these first two games. And the thing that sticks out to me is. When you looked at this Green Bay Packers team coming into the season, you knew they'd have to play great defense. You knew they'd have to be able to run the football as well. And we haven't necessarily seen the great defense. We saw a huge play by Jair Alexander in the past game, and we saw a goal line stand. But we haven't necessarily seen them dominate, which they'll need to do in order to beat a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's so great defensively. Yeah, guys, let's go ahead and pick this game. I'm interested to see what everyone's on. So, RC, we start with you. Who are you taking in Bucks Packers? Listen, I'm taking, the, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I don't believe it's going to be high scoring. Pretty much like Phil says, the first team to 20 probably wins. And when you look at Tampa Bay, what they're going to do is try to keep this game close, not get any mistakes offensively to turn the football over, and hope that Tom Brady makes one of the greatest of all time plays late in this game. Uh, I reserve the right to change this about five times between now and Sunday, but I am slightly Tampa, which is really hard to say after seeing that injury report. I don't like it, but I think the strongest unit in this game, both sides of the ball, is the Bucks defense, which I believe is the best in the NFC. Yeah, I kind of want to reserve the right to change mine too, but I'm going with the Bucks as well. And also, Marcus Spears had some technical issues, so he left us early, but he too was on the Bucks. We'll see if he would change that one as well. All right, let's get some Sunday stars. Who's going to show out on Sunday? RC, you first. I think it's
Because it has to be. When you look at the injuries that we're seeing from the Buffalo Bills on the back end, that rush is going to have to be important. And the one thing about Von Miller, he isn't just a great rusher. He's a timely rusher. He understands the moment and when it's time to make a play. And I expect to see him make plays against the Miami Dolphins. All right, so Patrick Mahomes has spread the ball out to just about everyone on this Chiefs roster. This feels to me like a Juju Smith-Schuster game. We know what the Colts are going to do. They're going to play a ton of cover, too. They're going to sit back and dare Patrick Mahomes to beat them underneath, and that is where Juju Smith-Schuster Smith thrives over the middle of the field on those short routes, picking up yards after the catch. I think he gets a lot of target volume in this one. Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown has an eight-game streak with at least eight catches. The streak started when he carried Mina's Warham League team to a championship last year in fantasy. I think he sets the NFL record. Nine straight games with at least eight catches. It happens on Sunday against the Vikings. Yeah, um, I was going to say he's on Mina's fantasy team, and that was also when you sat Jalen Waddle, right, Mina? Oops, sorry. Don't tell anyone that I'm 0-2 this year. <laughs> Please. Mad. Okay, we'll see you next week on NFL Live. <laughs>